Is this thing on? Ha ha ha. Ben here. I'm just doing a transition cast, I guess, in between the old and before the new. I know it's been a while. I have no excuse other than I just only want to do group or, you know, two to three people or five people. I really don't want to do solos anymore. I've said all I need to say. (laughs) And if I have some other things that I want to trickle in, I'll do it on a group podcast. I feel like I don't want to talk to just talk. And nobody wants to just listen to you just talking. You either have something important to say or you don't. And I've told my stories, obviously not all of them, but the good ones, I, you know, I've been through the mill. I did 42 hours of talking. And it would be sort of egotistical and selfish to just continue making hour-long podcasts that I don't feel are at the quality that they should be. So rather than waste your time and mine and try to make things that aren't funny funny and lower my, I guess, legacy? I don't know. Like when a a fighter retires, they want to retire on top. They don't want to keep fighting even though they aren't as good as they used to be and then they start losing and then they start tarnishing their history and their legacy and all the work they put in. And every episode is an hour of recording, but that doesn't count like note-taking and research and reading and familiarizing yourself with certain things so that you don't sound retarded. So it's just, uh, I just no longer have an interest in doing solos. I really enjoy conversations with one or more people, and that's why when I finally do get around to doing the CNC cast with different people, as soon as I can figure out how to make recordings that long, like I don't know how to do it on Skype or Discord or whatever, so... As soon as I can figure that out, I'm going to do that. But I just thought I'd do a quick, hey, how you doing, drop-in transition cast, because I was just having a chat with my buddy, and a couple of things came up that I thought were pertinent. Actually, I'm not even 100% confident if that's the right word. Pertinent, I do believe that means like relevant and important, but if that's not what it means, I tried. I tried to branch out and use a bigger word. I know we've been there. We've all seen people who used a word just because they thought they were using it right, and it's better than not articulating things by saying, like, this is very important. Really? Rather than sounding retarded like that, I tried to say it's pertinent. It might be impertinent, but that doesn't sound right. That's too close to impotent, which means you can't get a boner, and I don't think that's right. I don't know. I believe that this information is pertinent, so I fired up the computer and I thought, let's just do a transitionary podcast in between. And it is just me, but I don't have any notes, and I'm just sitting down. All I have is the conversation that I just had with my buddy, and I wanted to share with you, the audience, who doesn't think that I'm dead and gave up listening to this podcast because it's been so long, uh, just the the insight from from him and from myself because sometimes you'll even impress yourself with the things you say. You'll be ha- having a conversation and you'll just things will come to mind that you've never really thought of or a perspective that you've never really come from. It can be altered by uh, whether or not you're on caffeine or if you've drank alcohol or if you've smoked ganja or eaten edibles, which I had an experience with a couple months ago. It was pretty interesting. Uh, whether you are well rested or you haven't slept. There are just different ways in which your brain can be firing. And I'm pretty tired right now. I just had some coffee, so pretty basic stuff. But I just felt like I was coming from a perspective that I had never really thought of, even though it came from my brain. It's weird. 
when you enter that flow state in a good conversation when you're talking with somebody it's almost like you're just a passenger along for the ride you're not really the pilot and you're just kind of sitting back listening to your brain like I think they call it a flow state I don't know like your brain just starts wrapping off like ideas that you either had never come up with before or maybe you have but just not they haven't been articulated properly but yeah we we were talking about uh, getting older and how <laughs> let's just let's just go back here uh, we were talking about how as two dudes who are not married who don't have children and who do not plan to get married or have children and we're all he's 29 I'm 30 and we're already at the point where we're like wow the the future is looking pretty bleak pretty grim pretty um, morose the future just doesn't look too bright when you have already made up your mind that you don't want children and you don't want a wife because instead of having that quote-unquote picture-perfect like hey honey I'm home how are the kids how was school little fucking rusty you know instead of having that which seems like it would make you feel all warm inside like I just got home from work uh, you know supper is ready and it's just the the most stereotypical like family ever and that's never appealed to me and it's it really just sounds like torture like medieval torture sounds bad but this sounds like modern torture every day you go to your nine to five you hate your life during that time you come home you try to talk your wife into making supper or having sex and she's not interested because she's tired because she was taking care of the kids and your kids are fighting and they're being little shits and uh, little rusty got in trouble at school so you got to go talk to the principal and defend his honor and it's like oh man that just sounds like torture it's never really appealed to me to be that guy but then when I think about it it doesn't really appeal to me to be that guy who's 50 who lives alone who occasionally has a girlfriend uh, hey me and my girlfriend are gonna go uptown and get a pop like that's something that you say when you're 15 you don't say that when you're 50 and that's the fucking road I'm on right now it's I was telling Jordan like it doesn't look too pretty for guys like us guys who aren't big fans of women guys who don't want marriage and children guys who just are kinda here for a good time not a long time that sort of thing the world isn't really laid out for people like that for those who would stand against the grain so to speak because that's pretty much what society wants it's what it pushes it's what the government wants Uncle Sam wants you to keep doing your 9 to 5 so they can keep taking taxes out of it and uh, not fixing the roads in your neighborhood so every time you drive over it you go boof on that pothole and then you go why the fuck do I pay taxes or you know cops abusing their power I'm not gonna get too far into it but basically we were talking about how it just doesn't it's, it's not necessarily a pretty picture <laughs> unless you go the route that we're not interested in going like like you go home and, and I don't live alone I live with Taylor even though oftentimes it feels like I live alone but he actually lives alone and he doesn't have a dog or a cat so when he goes home it's like really fucking quiet without that TV on to have a show on with some background noise or, or a podcast or something goddamn it would get quiet and I understand that to a certain degree because I have uh, a few pets but they don't make a lot of noise and Taylor's gone a lot so it's just quiet here so we were able to sort of uh, relate on that aspect and then we just if you fast forward 20 30 years all of a sudden there's no pets there's no girl there's no kids 
it's like, boy, that, that TV better have some fucking good addicting shows on it. Otherwise, it's going to feel really quiet and really lonely up in this bitch. That's a pretty gloomy, melancholy fucking <coughs> existence. And I don't know... I'm not sure what, what the win is. What's the move? Because if you don't want a wife and kids, and that sounds like an awful existence, but so does being alone forever... Uh, I'm not sure what the move is. There's got to be like some in-between that I haven't thought of. Because fuck buddies are cool. We've all had those. Where you're not like really attracted to each other like emotionally. It's only physical. Like she'll pop over, you fuck, she leaves. Or vice versa, him. And that's cool for like an hour. Especially if you can get a cuddle in before they go. Because then you've fulfilled on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Then you've fulfilled not just your nut your little nest egg there that your your balls are empty but you've also fulfilled like the human contact that we all desire and crave so then you've got that knocked out but then all of a sudden you're like well I want someone to converse with well that's what you have friends for right but when your friends are all adulting and they have kids and a wife and they they're doing like adult things and here you are you're 30 you're like, well, I don't feel like playing video games right now. I don't feel like watching any shows right now. It's really cold out because we live in Minnesota, and that sucks. Um, can't really go out and bang chicks, but I'm not going to get any vagina hanging out at home either. Well, your your tunnel vision starts to form. Like, your your vision starts to narrow really quickly with options. And so we were just conversing, talking about, like, how do you approach that? And as chestnut checkers sort of uh, presents itself, and as it will, I like to look at the world objectively. Uh, not optimism, not pessimism, those are both cancerous. Realism, that's what you want. You want an objective reality and a look at the way the world is and the way things are, not how you want them to be, not how they you feel like they should be, oh, life hasn't treated you fair. None of that matters. The world doesn't care about your feelings. And in many cases, people don't care about your feelings. What the world does care about is what the world is and does. And your reaction to that, emotionally speaking, is kind of irrelevant. The great Chael P. Sonnen once said, emotions are fake. Actions are real. No one has ever won a fight. No one has ever won a football game. No one has ever won anything by being, like, emotionally prepared. Actions are real. You won the fight because you knocked that motherfucker out. You won the football game because you scored a touchdown with running with your legs, carrying the ball. That's not emotion. Obviously, emotions aren't fake. He's not saying that in meaning it should be taken literally. Emotions are there. You can feel happy, sad, uh, angry. Emotions are real in that aspect. But as far as getting anything done, emotions are useless. Whether you are in a good mood or a bad mood, when you clock in, your body physically is doing your fucking 9 to 5 that you hate in most cases. Some people are weird and like their, that shit, but the world just doesn't care about optimism and pessimism. The world only... I don't think the world is conscious, obviously, and it can't care, and I should be careful with my phrasing here, but what I'm trying to assert is that every day when you wake up, your mood is irrelevant. It might be annoying that you woke up in a bad mood or that you didn't sleep, but the show fucking goes on. You know, the, the world keeps on spinning, assuming it is a globe that spins. Still not sure on that. And what is a poor boy to do? Because surely I'm not the first guy to ever be in this predicament, in this conundrum. 
wondering like what the future will hold because my whole life I, I guess I've just not really cared and I'm just like eh, whatever whatever happens happens and that's great that's fine and I'm not saying that sarcastically it's fine to have that outlook because not everybody takes everything so fucking seriously in fact I make a joke out of most things because most things are a joke to me but at, at, uh, at some point you're going to be faced with okay that's your mindset cool but you're not going to have kids you're not going to have a family you better be okay with being alone 90% of the time I'm okay with being alone a majority of the time I've always been a lone wolf even though I've had friends and acquaintances and girlfriends and family and I, I'm, I'm okay with both I'm mostly uh, I don't know let's go with 70% I like being alone but I, I like the companionship of others too and I like conversing and bouncing ideas off that's one of the reasons why group podcasting is more appealing to me than just rambling myself but uh, when everybody has a schedule and everybody has shit going on it's not really like they can be at your beck and call like you can't just be like hey right now I'm feeling like being an extrovert who's ready to hang oh right now I'm feeling like an introvert uh, that the world doesn't wait for you like that you don't get to have that much power unless you're absolutely loaded and have tons of money in that case you're gonna be drowning in vagina because for some reason money is like a north pole magnet and hot 10 Instagram vagina is a South Pole magnet. For some reason, they just, money just pulls that stuff in. It's so strange, I don't know. But um, I'm not going to go halfway on these podcasts. I'm either going to have a solid guest and we're going to have solid topics, or it's not going to happen. And that's only half the reason, like I said, I can't fucking figure out how to make a one-hour recording actually convert into an mp3 that can be uploaded to the website so I haven't been doing that but it's either gonna be all all or nothing just like everything else and we've been over that I'm an all or nothing kinda of guy there's no one foot in the door we're either fucking or we're not we're either friends or we're not there's there's no in-between with me it's it's pretty black and white the world is pretty black and white objectively speaking uh, for people who have wronged me Obviously, stupid little trifles, I don't mind, because, you know, we're all human. But for people who have seriously wronged me, that bridge was burnt instantaneously, without question. You don't get three strikes, this isn't baseball. We're either cool or we're not. You fuck me over, that's your loss. Quite literally, that's your loss. Maybe that's my ego speaking, but I consider myself to be a valuable commodity as far as a friend goes. And, uh, so... You get one strike, and, th and that's it. And perhaps that's why I've burned so many bridges, but I was once told you don't look at it as you're burning bridges because that's kind of like, it makes it seem like you are the cause of the separation or the breakup or whatever. You should look at it rather as you refuse to pay the toll that the bridge, I mean, I, I get it, it's a cool analogy, but either way, you get the idea. <clears throat> and since I'm not, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm gonna drink some water been drinking too much cum and it's all sticky in my throat and so anyway um as far as being either all the way in or all the way out um that's not entirely true because there are some things that I am just partially in um as far as the medical field that's probably the best example of it it's like a passion of mine not to the point where I became a doctor 
even though I did do a couple semesters of nursing school and I got my CNA and I was going to eventually work my way up, you know, slow and steady there. And I decided not to after I had to wipe 90 year old dude asses and balls and fucking this guy. We f I forgot his name. Oh yeah, Reno. His name was Reno. And we called him Peace Oak because he always had tidy yellows. They weren't tidy whiteies. They were at one point, but they were tidy yellows and he stunk and he pissed himself. And one time I was wiping this old lady's ass and she started pooping and peeing at the same time and it went on my arm and I, I think that's where I was like, you know, the health field, <laughs> maybe I'll just stick with knowing some stuff. And at that point I was kind of halfway in, which I don't like to be, but here's, okay, here's an example. I know a lot about random mm, states and, and health. If we've all had that like not really a fantasy, but like sort of a daydream where what would happen if I were to go to a gas station and it's like you see in the movies where like someone's like, oh my God, somebody called an ambulance. This person's unconscious. And then the one random hero runs over and performs uh, whatever needs to be done. Oftentimes there's like, oh, I'm a doctor. And people are like, oh, thank God you're here. You know, um, and we've all thought about maybe being the person who saved the day and then later on you're getting a news interview and you're like, well, I just stopped in for some fucking Doritos and I stopped and I, someone called me over and they were like, hey, have somebody help him. He's not breathing, you know, whatever. And I, I know, and we've all thought how cool it would be to be that person who saved the day, right? I've thought of that too. <clears throat> but what I realize now that I think about it is I could probably point out what's wrong. I could give a pretty accurate diagnosis about why the person is unconscious, but I haven't studied it enough and gone deep enough into it to know how to fix the problem. So I could be like that guy that's like, yeah, he's uh, not breathing, he's unconscious, uh, but I don't know what to do. And they'll be like, well, Jesus Christ, thanks a lot, you know? And I don't want to be that guy because that's the opposite of a hero. For example, the first thing you do when you check uh, if someone is conscious or not, you would look for inspirations and expirations. Inspirations is the medical term for breathing in. Expirations is the medical term for breathing out. You can see it visibly. You can see if their stomach goes up and down. Obviously, they'd be on their back in this uh, instance. Um, you don't go right to CPR because you don't know what's in the trachea, what's in the windpipe, what's in the fucking nostrils, nasal cavity. You don't, you don't go right to just doing something. You could cause more harm than good. So the first thing you'd do is Okay, they're unconscious, clearly. Uh, they're not responsive. Are they breathing? Are they, is their respirations, which is the combination of inspiration and expiration, is that happening? Okay, if not, probably something blocking the airway. Uh, is there a pulse? You can check their brachial pulse. You can check their radial pulse. The brachial pulse is the one that's up by your elbow. The radial is your wrist. Uh, there's also one on the leg, but that one's like not very accurate. Uh, you can check their capillary refills. If you push down on your arm or your hand or your foot or your leg with a finger, it turns white momentarily and then it fills back in with blood. Those are your capillaries. Those hold your blood. And what you're doing when you're checking the capillary refills is you're checking their blood flow, essentially. And the healthy amount of time for that to, to refill is less than two seconds. So like if you push down, which I'm sure you've done as you're listening to this, you'll have a little white spot on your wrist or your hand or whatever, and then it fills right back in probably instantaneously, unless you've been sitting for a while and your blood flow is sort of 
reduced, that's fine, but anything under two seconds is healthy. Anything over that, you got a huge problem, a big lack of blood flow. Now, the main cause of that is dehydration, most commonly because we don't drink enough water. And so if someone's in, in excessive heat, or they've sweated a lot, they could sort of faint and be unconscious for that reason. That would be dehydration. Another thing is shock, uh, uh, some sort of stroke where they're unconscious and they've been laying there a while. Shock is, is also a common one. And again, I know how to identify these things, but I wouldn't know what to do. I, I could say, oh, he's probably in shock. Oh, really? What do we do? I don't know. And they'd be like, well, Jesus Christ, you took the time to learn all this stuff, but you didn't learn how to fix it? Some hero you were in your fucking mind. And um, if it's cold, say in Minnesota in the winter, uh, you could find somebody unconscious, and if they weren't clothed well, your first thought might be, okay, they're unconscious because of hypothermia. And a big mistake that a lot of people, uh, not a mistake that normal people make, but the people who are, are dealing with this is it, they... I don't know how to word this. When you check somebody's skin, like you just feel someone's arm, their neck, their face, whatever, you're expecting it to be cold because it's winter, right? They've been outside. That's not always the case. Sometimes their skin can be warm. And then you'll go, oh, well, it's not hypothermia. They're warm. They must not have been out here very long. And that's just not the case. Uh, hypothermia comes in stages. And when your body, when your brain starts to identify that you are ridiculously cold to a, an unhealthy extent, the first thing it will do is abandon your extremities. It goes, okay, well, the heart, the liver, the kidneys, uh, the lungs, these things are more important than your fingers. So it'll pull blood, the warmth, the circulation, it'll pull that from your toes, your feet, your hands, your fingers, into your core. It'll try to keep your core warm because, well, it's important that your heart continues to beat and that you breathe as long as possible. It ensures the biggest chance of survival, right? And then after your fingers and extremities, and you know, your feet, your hands, they get so cold, your body goes, okay, well, our core temperature is good. We need to make sure that we don't lose our fingertips because of frostbite. So what it'll do is it'll send another wave of blood. It'll start to recirculate things that it pulled from initially once your core temperature is settled, it's sort of like a thermostat. If it's 60 degrees in the house and you turn it up to 70, that thermostat will stay on until it reaches 70. That's called positive feedback. Once that temperature is read at 70 by the sensor, the sensor will go, okay, we're good. So what the body tries to do is tries to stay alive as long as possible while losing as few things as possible. And so your body can be rushed with warm blood again, which could make your skin feel warm to the touch and that would be stage two and it continues like this as long as it can freezing to death is a very long painful process depending on what temperature you're in so if somebody feels warm that doesn't necessarily mean that they're warm it, that's probably even a more convincing case of hypothermia what do you do in that case that one's a little more self-explanatory you know get them inside keep them warm in the movies, they'd start a fire, that sort of thing. But basically, you want to get some blood flow going again, and you want to make sure, you know, whatever. I, that's not really one that's likely to happen. <laughs> um, if you see somebody unconscious, you could check their, you know, pull their eyelids up. Do they have one pupil that is more dilated than the other? Now, when you smoke weed, your pupils get huge, right? 
And uh, then you look into a light and your pupils shrink because it's trying to allow less light in because that's not necessary for vision, right? You don't want to get a headache. But as far as having one dilated pupil, they're probably not smoking weed, it's not crack, it's nothing like that. It means there's head trauma most often on the side of the pupil that is dilated. So if someone's unconscious, you check their, you know, whatever. We've gone over all the other stuff, breathing, yada yada. You check their eye, you lift their eyelids up, and one pupil's huge and one's normal size. Pretty good chance, and really 90 plus percent of the time, the cause of that is blunt force trauma to the head on that side. And that is your, your eyes swelling and it's just really not good. So you find somebody unconscious like that, again, they'd be like, okay, uh, so he has head trauma. Ben, that's cool that you know that. What do we do? And I'll be like, I don't know, to be honest. I don't know how to fix any of this. I'm telling you, I'm that I'm Captain Hindsight. Like I could tell you what's wrong, but I don't have a solution for it, okay? And I can tell you that in a lot of the cases. It's common when people get knocked out like in a fight, their friends will immediately help them up and they can barely fucking walk. Terrible. You don't do that. <laughs> That's the worst thing you can do. Your brain needs to get its bearings set again and you keep that person down as long as possible. That's why in the UFC when someone gets knocked the fuck out, the ref goes over there and holds them down. They don't let them stand up because you need to get things set again. And you've already lost plenty of brain cells. We don't need you standing up on wobbly legs and falling again and hurting yourself even more. Uh, if somebody is unconscious or having a, a stroke, what do you do? You don't stand them up. You don't flip them over. You put them on their side. That way they don't choke on anything that could be in their mouth. They don't choke on their tongue. It's common for people who are having a seizure to uh, swallow their tongue. That's also not good. There's just all these things that I know halfway. Like, oh, he has, you know, blah, blah, blah. What do we do? I don't know. That's me. I'm that guy. So I'll never get to be the hero that I, uh, the aforementioned hero about the guy that shows up at a store or at the gas station and is like, don't worry, I'm a doctor. Like, I'll just be like, yeah, call an ambulance, a real medical professional, because I don't know what to do here. Oh, he's not breathing. Oh, what do we do? I don't know. That's me. <laughs> so I guess in some ways I do go halfway. But the whole point of that before that tangent was I just wanted to say, with this podcast, I will not go halfway. It's either going to be a good guest with good topics or nothing. So, yeah. Um, oh, another thing. Another uh, medical term. It's common when somebody gets knocked the fuck out to assume what is called like a fencing stance. You ever seen somebody go unconscious and they hold up their left hand like they're holding it like right in front of their chest on their back and their right arm is extended out to the right? It sort of imitates kind of like a fencing position. That's, that's you know, why it's called the fencing position. And... I was just watching a video on this the other day. It's it's really interesting. So the fencing position only happens when there's like real trauma to the brain. Like if you just kind of get grazed and knocked out, it's not that violent of a knockout. You're just going to lay there. But if you get knocked the fuck out, most people, and you can see it a lot in UFC fights, they assume this fencing position where they've got their left hand kind of up and it's like their fist is curled and then their right hand is out straight, extended, and it looks ridiculous. That's involuntary. They're, they are not aware of that. They're not doing that on purpose. They're unconscious. Their toes are curled. They don't know a whole lot about why we assume the fencing position as adults. 
because it's most common in newborns when babies sleep. You've seen pictures of babies sleeping. They'll be in the fencing position. They'll have their left hand up and their right hand extended. And they do that as a way to help them breathe and stay balanced when they're sleeping. And that goes away after like nine months old or something, like really young. And so the only theory that doctors have, and as they study brains, is that people can get knocked out so fucking hard that it sends them back to infancy stages as far as their brain goes. Obviously, your penis stays the same size, it doesn't go back to the same size as you were when you were six months old, but your brain sort of reverts to that, where you're like a, a six-month-old laying there unconscious taking a baby nap and you look like you're fencing. I thought that was pretty interesting. So that's another thing. If you were to see somebody unconscious in that position, that means they got knocked the fuck out. It doesn't mean that it has to be in a fight. It could have been they ran into a pole or hit their head or whatever. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, again, wouldn't know what to do in that situation. <laughs> so I'm equally useless there. So earlier tonight, my dad took me to Pizza Ranch for supper. And uh, I showed him a picture of this absolute 10 Instagram model. Fucking stone cold 10. We saw uh, we were looking at the picture together, and I said, "Jesus Christ, isn't it fucking depressing seeing females like that? Like it, it doesn't do me any good that females like this exist. I don't get to bang them. I don't get to touch them. I don't get to like grope their boobs and like all these things that you, as a male, instinctively want to do when you see a female that you find to be attractive. Now we all have different ideas of what attraction is. Like black guys are into fat white chicks for some reason. Really not my thing. Uh, some guys are into Asians. Not my thing." Uh, basically, white girls and Latina girls are my thing. Anything else? Not interested. I don't like really short. I don't like really tall. I don't like fat. I don't like really muscular. I don't like huge boobs. I don't like. I'm pretty picky, I guess, given how picky I should be or shouldn't be because I'm not exactly a ten myself. I'm pretty fucking picky. Point is, I just said it. Just it makes me sad, Dad, when I see this. I'm father-son talk of all the things we could be talking about. I'm telling him that Instagram models make me sad. <laughs> That's me. My life. So I was just like, yeah, just it's fucking depressing. When I see girls like this, I want to put my pee-pee in them, and I can't. And, of course, that makes me sad. It's like window shopping. I've, I've mentioned that in the past. I know that because it just came back to me. I know I've mentioned this particular thing. It's like going to a mall and only being able to window shop. You can't touch things. You can't buy things. It's like, oh, I want that. No, can't have it. Can't even touch it. And if you look too long, they don't even like that. And I said, it's just depressing. And he said... Quote, shit, I'm the one who should be sad. At least you'd have a chance with her. I'm almost 60, so she would have zero interest in me. And it was at that moment that I realized that my dad's idea of my vag-pulling ability is grossly exaggerated. He highly exaggerates, in his own mind, what I could do as far as getting chicks. Because I showed him the picture, and he's like, at least you'd have a chance with her. And I was like, wait, wait, let me stop you there. No, I wouldn't. She doesn't even know I exist. And if she did know I exist, it would be because I passed her at, like, the mall or something, and she wouldn't look twice at me. She would look once and go, okay, no. That's the extent of attention I could get from a girl like that. Right. And he goes, nah, you could do it. And I was like, how? What in my fucking 30 years of life has led you to believe that I can have Instagram models hanging all over me? I appreciated the sentiment in the current moment, and I, I'm, I do believe he was serious and really does believe that I could pull fucking tens, like models. I do believe that he thinks I could, but he's wrong. And I, I'm not saying that because I lack confidence. I have tons of confidence in myself, 
but I'm not an optimist and I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. I realize girls like that want a giant dick, lots of money, tall, dark, and handsome. And let's see, I don't check any of those boxes. So realistically, objectively speaking, you're, you, if you're in Vegas, put all your money down that I'm not going to have Dan Bilzerian Instagram models hanging all over me because it's just not going to happen. It's not a lack of confidence. I think I deserve every 10 in the world on my penis. That's my ego and my brain speaking. I believe that I deserve it and that it's not fair that they all aren't banging me every day. I get it. But I have to look at things realistically. Chestnut checkers. It's just not going to happen. And yeah, like I said, I just don't know what in my 30 years of life has led him to believe that, but I appreciated that he believes in me. I was like, yeah, be right back. I'm going to go tell this this girl about all that I have to offer. <laughs> okay, I have 47 cents on my dresser. If she wants it, she can fucking have it. <laughs> you know? You can have it all. All 47, baby. If she wants to go somewhere with me, she has to drive. Come pick me up. I can't give her my number since I don't have a phone. Uh... You can call me on Messenger if I have internet service. I don't have a giant dong. Um, I'm 5'10". I'm not 6'2". I don't have dinner plate pecs. They're like half peck, half man boob, which I think is kind of funny. It's the most hilarious. The dad bod is the most hilarious body in the world. Because you're not extremely out of shape, but you're not extremely in shape. You're this hybrid of... Like, me, when I take my shirt off, it has been said before that I am UFC from the back and KFC from the front. I don't have man boobs, but I don't have pecs. I have, like, this weird hybrid. From certain angles, I look like I have pecs, and from certain angles, I look like I have man boobs. But it, they are neither. I don't have a six-pack. I don't even have a flat stomach anymore, but I don't have a beer gut, and I don't have rolls. I don't have love handles. I just have, like, this half beer gut, half flat stomach, like... Clearly this guy was at one point in his life in shape, but no longer is. That's me. And, uh, like I said, I don't have a giant hog. Of course all of this is irrelevant, though, because girls only go for guys with good personality who are, uh, really, like, sweetheart guys, and I got that covered, so hashtag winning, and bring on the Instagram models. Um, so I was telling Jordan about this, and, uh, he thought it was pretty funny, which, I mean, how can you not? Like I said, I appreciated that my dad believes in me. I just... I mean, I live with a girl. And she doesn't even like it when I approach her for hugs. So I I've never told dad this, but if I did say, Dad, I live with a girl that I haven't scored with in fucking six years. Uh, and when I try to hug her, she's like, I guess we can hug. Then he might believe me that I don't think I have a chance with fucking Instagram models and whatnot. But I don't know. Um, let's see. 34 minutes. I meant for this to be 30 minutes, but, you know, whatever. There is no time constraint. This is just a transition. I have a shit ton of podcast notes from the Ben Again podcast that I never did use. And rather than make, uh, you know, drop them all in and basically do episode 41 or volume 41, rather than do that, I think what I'll do is just kind of use them as, like, I'll trickle them into group podcasts and we can maybe use my solo ideas as, like, things we can talk about. Um, so I tried to explain to my dad tonight... Excuse me. I tried to explain to my dad tonight that myself and several of my friends have openly admitted that we are done putting in effort towards women. We've discussed it. We've decided that the juice isn't worth the squeeze. 
uh, yeah, I'm going to go out of my way to court you and be romantic and try to make you laugh and make you feel special like the only girl in the world, when in return what I get is once in a while I get to bang you? Uh, nope. Guess what? That's not how it goes. No, um, I don't have a lot of things. I don't have money. I don't have a six-pack. I don't have uh, fucking six billion dollars a year paying job. I don't have a fucking Ferrari. I don't have... I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Uh, there's a lot of things I don't have, but the one thing I do have that is unwavering is my pride. I know that on a base level, I deserve, and then put parentheses, insert amount here. I deserve at a bare minimum, insert here, and there's my ideas. I deserve this and this from friends, from women, from family. I have this list in my head of all the things that I know deep down that I deserve. And when I don't get them, I don't get mad. The world doesn't care that I'd be mad or upset. I don't gripe about it because griping does nothing. I accept it. That doesn't change my pride. Oh, uh, no girl wants to hop on this D? Cool. That's, that's fine. Like, I'm not putting in the effort to change it, and I'm not going to complain about it. So I'm just, it's like, a few of my friends and I have decided we just, we're not going to put in the effort. It's not worth it. In five minutes, you just fucking rub one out quick, and boom, you're set for the day. You save money, you save time, you save oh, everything. You save patience. Just rub one out quick. Then you'll stop thinking about them. Then you can go back to trading, Shannon. You can go back to gaming, gamers. You can go back to, and then insert here, whatever it was that you wanted to do before. And then you, your dick was like, dude, I want to go inside a vagina. You know, like women are just a distraction. Gosh, that sounds awful gay. But really, is what it is. I, I tried to explain to my dad that we were just, we're done putting in the effort. It's not that we don't have women in our lives that we like or care about. That's not the case. We're just done putting in the extra effort. I should have included that word before. Extra effort, it's not going to get put in. Uh, he doesn't get it, though. He's like, what? Why? You're fucking young still. You're 30. You should be rolling in pussy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Back when you were 30, women were different. His generation of women were much more quality humans in general, and they didn't hate men. And they were able to be monogamous. They didn't fuck around on you. They weren't as psycho. Doesn't mean there, they, there weren't some instances of this. I'm not saying women back then were perfect, but... Look at your grandma, not sexually, but like her personality. Just a sweetheart of a lady. Never like makes you feel uncomfortable, never is like a bitch to you, never is angry to you, your great grandma. They're like sweetheart human beings. That's how fucking women were back then. And they were monogamous. And they were like your, you know, grandpas and great grandmas and even your dads if you're my age. Women were just different back then. It wasn't women doing women's marches and saying believe all women and hashtag we hate men and hashtag me too and hashtag this guy at my office told me I look pretty, he's a rapist. None of that shit was going on. So I, my dad just doesn't, he doesn't have the frame of reference to pull from to understand why I would come from that perspective. All he sees is, man, I got laid a lot back in the day. Why don't you guys try harder? It's like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> just not. Uh. And I was telling Jordan about that too. He agrees. Uh, the funniest thing is when you, you're you sort of unable to branch out, you, even if you wanted to. And I personally don't want to. Like, I just have no interest in trying to please any girl. Like, I just don't give a fuck. I'm like, yeah, you're, you know, whatever. I'm not going to court you and romance you and be charming and, you know, yada yada. All that 
work just for some fucking basic thanks now roll over go to sleep nah I'm a strong independent man boy you've never heard that term before I just I'm not willing to put in the the juice isn't worth the squeeze you know if I cared about scoring vagina I would have a totally different outlook on this but I just I don't care and I don't know if it's a low sex drive from getting older or a lack of testosterone or what but something in me disallows me to care about whether chicks are interested in me or not. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I should feel guilty about that. I don't know if that's a good outlook or a bad outlook on life. I don't know. I just know that that's the way it is. And that's what we're focusing on in the upcoming podcast with guests is the way things are, not the way we want things to be or the way whatever. I, I, I went over that in the beginning. It's just we only care about facing life objectively. Um, I don't want to get too into it because we're already at 40 minutes and this is lengthy but uh, it's not depression it's a disconnection and I've been over that in the past I I'm just not fully um, I'm, I'm conscious I'm going through the motions the lights are on but oftentimes nobody's home I guess would be the best analogy I'm just kind of absent <laughs> absent-minded unless I'm engaged in a conversation that I am enjoying with my friends uh, Eric Shannon uh, Jordan my dad I get into some good conversations with Taylor engaging things like that sort of bring me back to reality but otherwise I'm just kind of in autopilot and that's just how it is I think that's not depression I think that's a different thing doctor might say oh you're extremely depressed you're disconnected and I might say well not really Unless I'm like the cheeriest fucking depressed person you've ever seen because no one would ever know that I'm depressed. I, I'm just a, I'm cheery, I'm nice, I'm friendly, I'm upbeat. I, no one's going to go, yeah, that Ben guy, he fucking hates life. The only reason why they know that is because I say it and I say it with conviction and I'm like, fucking, this existence is terrible. Like, why would anybody want to have kids and bring children into this shit ass world that we don't even enjoy ourselves? That was one of the things I told Jordan is like, it would be really irresponsible of me to purposely have a child and bring a child into this world that I'm not even a huge fan of. Like, I don't have that zest and zeal for life where I'm like, fuck yeah, wake up, it's a new day, time to tackle the day. I'm like, God damn it, I didn't sleep good, my back hurts, I don't feel like going outside, it's cold. That person annoys me, that person annoys me. I, just, I don't wake up like ready to fucking make today my bitch. I wake up going, let's get through today. Totally different energy level. And I think if I was going to adopt or have a child or try to start a family, I think you can't go into that with that mindset of meh, you know, like fuck this life, right? You can't because that's not fair to them. If I was healthier in all aspects of life, physically, emotionally, and financially, where I could just buy a house, buy a car, buy a bus, you know, if I was like set, I'd probably adopt a child. But I feel like my realism and my viewing the world the way that it is, not the way that we, you know, basically my absence of optimism comes off as pessimism, even though it's not pessimism. I'm not like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, where everything is, thanks for noticing, fuck this, you know. I'm not negative at all. I'm not pessimistic. But I also realize that being optimistic is just as bad, because then you're uh, sort of what's the word is it conjecture conjecture where you uh, apply your your feelings to something that isn't necessarily that way I think that's right 
Well, if you're an optimist, you're just as bad as a pessimist because you're trying to, like, the world, it's not good or bad. It just is. And so for you to try to apply your good, like, oh, I'm so cheery all the time, like, you're just going to annoy people. Like, the, the world isn't good and all good all the time, just like it isn't all bad. And my realistic view on the world often comes across as pessimistic. I've been told that in the past. I'll point things out just as they are. I'll list the facts. Uh, divorce rates are at 90%, 90%. And then people will be like, well, that's kind of fucking negative that you would focus on that. I'm not focusing on it. I'm telling you, divorce rates are at 90%. As soon as you sign the papers, as soon as you put a ring on it, 90% likely to divorce. That's just the stats. That's just that's just how it is. That's not me going, uh, you're doomed. It's not doom and gloom. It's stats and numbers matter. Over the course of human history, numbers fucking matter. If you go to war, you have X percentage chance of being killed in combat. If you go swimming, you have X percent chance of getting attacked by a shark or uh, you know, insert everything that we do in life has outcomes. Sometimes one, sometimes two, sometimes eight different possible outcomes. But there's, it's all numbers. And for those who uh, are big into numbers, you'll understand. When you drive your car, you have an X percent chance of getting hit. You have an X percent chance of running somebody over. And then you weren't paying attention because you looked down at your phone. And then you have voluntary manslaughter. And then, or involuntary manslaughter. Then you're in prison. And it's like, everything that we do has, you know, all of our actions have, like, potential responses and reactions. And... That's not negative or positive. That's just objectively the way life works. When you're walking down a hallway, you have a certain percentage chance to trip. It's like you can apply it to the grandest of scales and to the smallest of scales. You're eating supper. You have, you're eating chicken. You have a small chance that you're going to choke on that chicken bone and die. It's like that's not negative. And it, it does annoy me when people say, Ben, you're being negative. You're being pessimistic. Because... No, you're just being ignorant. You're just being retarded. I'm telling you how it is. So, like, when I talk about relationships and the way females are and whatnot, I'm not basing it off of my emotions. My emotions play a very small part of my day-to-day -day life, believe it or not. My observations play the biggest role, the way things are. In my family, Several of my family members, multiple, like fucking eight different family members, have been married multiple times and divorced multiple times. I grew up in two different households. I call them households, not homes, because they didn't feel like homes. Homes are warm and inviting and hospitable. I grew up in cold houses. The temperature oftentimes wasn't even cold. It just felt cold because there was no real, like, family unit. There was, like, the parents are constantly fighting. Stepmom and dad, stepdad and mom. It's like uh, those walls weren't thick enough. The way I grew up, the way I saw things, and the way I see things now, people are cheating on each other, people are, you know, constantly fighting. Like, there's not enough love in this world. How about that? <laughs> That's not negative. That's just pointing out the way things are. And so I think it would be irresponsible of me to bring a child into this world and then give my child my perspective on the world. Because as realistic and true and, and obvious as it is to me, others might go, wow, you're putting fucking, you're raising a very bitter human being, a person who hates this life in this world. And I, I just, to that I would say, I guess that's why I'm not having kids. It would be irresponsible. I'm not a huge fan of this world. I'm not a huge fan of most people in it and most things in it. Things aren't the way they should be. It's a backward ass world and backward ass society. 
like Roseanne said in a, in a Joe Rogan podcast recently. She's like, between all the fucked up stupid stuff from the left and like there's a billion genders and uh, men are going to prison for false rape accusations and she just like basically said because of all the dumb, unnecessary, bad shit that goes on in this world, she's like, I'm so glad that I'm going to be dying soon and passing on to the next realm because this realm is fucking stupid. Nothing makes sense. Words are offensive. You can go to jail in Canada if you call a guy madam and a girl sir like misgendering someone's actual punishable crime now like there's just so much bad shit that I like to stay in my own little world and focus on my positive stuff I still view the world as it is but I just count my blessings I've learned that if I don't count my blessings I get extremely angry and I'm not an angry person I like uh, Shannon told me earlier he's like I have a really low-key life and that's one way of putting it I was like yeah exactly I keep this shit simple as fuck because if I start branching out, I'm going to start seeing all the dumb shit in the world. And I don't want to see that. I don't got time for that. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So, I guess I'm 30 as fuck. Uh, <laughs> don't plan on having a wife and kids. I thought I would just rant and tangent a little bit here. Um, this is a transitionary podcast. It won't even have a name. It's just going to be called Random But Sex. That'll be the name of it. Uh, it's going on the website, and whenever I do get around to doing group podcasts with Shannon or Eric or Jordan or my dad or whoever, they'll get uploaded. And if I don't, take care of yourself. You have a nice life. If I never talk to you again, die well. That's uh, World of Warcraft reference. That's what they say, the demon hunters. When you talk to them, they're like, if we never see you again, die well. Such a cool phrase. Uh, anyway... This has been not volume anything. This has been random butt sex. Uh, talk to you later.